Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Welcome everyone. I'm glad that you could join us this evening. And so we are just going to have a message from Auntie Rita this evening. So she can come. We're going to just pray for her and then she will give us the powerful word. So let's stretch out our hands and then we're just going to pray for her. Lord, we thank you, Father, that you have, uh, as we are in the second week of Amazing Grace, God, and that you, uh, Lord, for this message that has been prepared, God, we thank you, Lord, that you will speak to our hearts through this message, Lord, and I thank you, Father, in this moment, Lord, that Antirita relies upon your Spirit, God, and your, your Holy Spirit that says it, it pours um, the love into our hearts, Lord, it speaks to us, Lord, and so we thank you that that same Spirit, Lord, would speak to us this evening as she preaches. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have enabled her to do this. Amen. Amen. Good evening, church. It is already evening, isn't it? Or is it morning? Because it's 6 o'clock. It's another day. Right. We are now in the second week of our fast. And I think from what Pastor Chris was preaching last week on abundant grace, I'm not so sure what you are experiencing during your fast. I'm also not so sure what kind of fast who is doing. Some are doing just water, liquids. Others are doing break, 6 o'clock foods. I'm not so sure what is happening. But all I have realized and I have observed and I have experienced these past days is the abundant grace in fasting. I don't know about you. That is what I've been experiencing. You know, I've been experiencing that what the Word of God says, that the Word is the bread. It is the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of our lives. He is the source. He's the one who gives us the strength. He's the one who sustains us. He's the one who, you know, gives us that oomph every day to go on. Those that are fasting without food, especially those that are fasting without food, remember that the word of God will sustain you until the end. It also goes to those that are breaking at six. Not that I'm undermining or looking down on anybody. It is just that it is really not easy to go without food for 21 days. But because of the grace of God, that is so sufficient every day for us. Daily, we keep going, we keep going, we keep going. Because of his grace, we are going to make it. And we are going to see the results thereof. So, Pastor Chris mentioned last week that the grace of God is not just a doctrine. It is the gospel. The life of Jesus Christ. It is the manifestation, when we see the manifestation of Jesus, that is what the grace of God is all about. That is Jesus himself. That is the grace. When we talk about that Jesus is the grace and we have the grace, we are clothed with him. We, we have him in us. And because of that, we are every day sustained by that grace. So today we are going to go on with our theme of justifying grace. How amazing grace transforms our eternity. That is the theme that we have today. 
And it is really just important also to mention that these series are really just going to help us to start a journey of grace. If we have never understood what grace means for us, then this is the time for us to dig deep down in the word and hear from the Lord what it really means to walk by grace. Because it all has to do with our identity and what we understand about what the word of God is saying concerning his grace. That is what it is all about. It is quite very crucial for us to understand how grace impacts our life and the implication if we don't move by grace. Amen? So, let's look at the term justification. It is some sort of a legal term I would want to see when you really look from the perspective how God has put it. You know, it's a legal act, an act that God himself initiated. It's not something that we came up with. He was the one who initiated it. Even from the beginning, before the foundations of this world, before sin came, he initiated that specific term, justification. It is coming from him. So it is basically just meaning that we are holy. Yeah? We are separated. We are totally blameless. Yeah? It's a declaration that God is making, that we are totally blameless. He has forgiven us from all our sins. He has forgiven us. He has cleansed us. He has made us perfect. He has made us righteous. We are clothed with Christ's righteousness in us. That is what it means. We are glorified. Yeah? We are made more like Jesus. That is what this justification term implications are concerning our lives. And this goes from today's sins, yesterday's, and tomorrow that we are forgiven. It is not just something that God did not show us. Also how he sent his son to show us how the justification took place. Now, when God has forgiven us all our sins, he will never remember them. Never, never will he remember them. It will not even come to his mind. The past, the present, and the future. That is what it is. Yeah? That is what it is. And for me, it is a big deal. It's really a big deal what God has done for us. So he has saved us from also wrath and eternal separation. Yeah? Not only did he forgive us our sins, but he also forgave us. He also, uh, um, he also saved us from wrath and eternal separation. Now let's go to our Bible reading um, that is taken from um, Titus chapter 3, verse 3 to 7. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, laid astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. By the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly, generously, 
through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that by being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to his own mercies. Not ours, his own mercies. And that is what, it, what, what is making this whole uh, um, grace and justification for me such a very uh, beautiful and wonderful thing. So why is it that we really need to be saved? It is important, it's an important question that we need to ask ourselves, yeah? Especially when we look back. We need to look back and remember where we were. And by doing so, it will give us a bit of an understanding how to appreciate the magnitude of the amazing grace of God. If we can look back and see where we were, as Titus is saying here, if we can look back, then it is always difficult even to appreciate what God has done for you. You know? And many a times, the way how we were living our lives, when we now look back, the way how we were living our lives being dead in sin. I mean, sin in itself is dead, says the word. Sin is dead. And yet we were living in sin while sin itself is dead. We were living in our own transgression, doing what we wanted to do, being enslaved by the pleasures and the worldly passions of this world, running after the kingdom of this world. That is where we were. That is where we were. And that is what uh, Titus is reminding us of today through what Paul has written to him. And we can perhaps call this as a, a laundry list, yeah? We can call this a laundry. You know, laundry is something dirty. Nobody, you know, it's really just dirty. And now you think, ah, well, look, I can't even associate myself with this laundry list that is mentioned here by Paul through this letter to Titus. I can't associate myself with that. I do not struggle with such, yeah? You will be sitting there and thinking about this, about yourself. And maybe you will also be looking down on others that are struggling with issues in their lives. Maybe people are struggling with sin and you will be looking down on them, thinking that you are actually better than them. While in fact, we are not. There is no one that is good, says the word of God. We are not good. Even though we are made perfect. Remember the declaration, we are made perfect. We are made holy. We are made blameless, righteous before God. God has declared his righteousness over us. When God looks at us, he only sees the glorious presence of Jesus Christ. He doesn't see sin in us. That is how far it is. So, but then yet, we are still struggling with these issues in our lives. And that is mainly because of our sinful nature that we have inherited. Yeah? Before the ages, we have inherited this nature, the sinful nature. And because of our sinful nature, there is a constant struggle, you know, between wanting to do the right thing and not doing it. And, you know, wanting not to do the right thing and yet doing the wrong thing. There is this constant fight. But remember what the word of God says. Sin is dead. And we are crucified with Jesus Christ. We died with him. And because we died with him, we are also 
dead to sin. We are also dead to sin. We are also dead to sin. And that is why it is important when Paul was writing this letter to Titus, he, he requested him, he encouraged him to, to, to remind the church where they were. And in fact, before he even do that, think about yourself first because you're working with people, you're dealing with people's lives, and yet you are so in despair because of their character, because of the things that people are displaying, because of the lives of people that are just in, in struggles and turmoil. It is important for us to also think about where we were to appreciate the amazing grace of God. Amen. And even if we now also think of, yeah, the struggle, uh -uh, it's not me. We need to be careful that we do not expose ourselves to pride because that is a heart that is filled with pride and God doesn't like a heart that is filled with itself, you know, filled with arrogance, filled with pride. I can do it all by myself. You know, I don't see this list associating with my life. Hence, you look, I've been working on my life myself. There's nothing wrong with me. Be careful for pride because God resists the prideful heart. If you have a prideful heart, God will resist you. But yet, he will give you grace if you humble yourself. And because of the grace of God, you are able to trust him with your life and not trying to live your life by yourself. And that's why we always have these struggles of falling back now and then. Falling back. Our Christian life is just not growing. You know, trying to fix things by ourselves. Mainly because we do not trust God enough that his grace is sufficient to carry us day and night. So we need to have faith to trust God in that regard. So when we look at the next verse, Titus 3, verse 4 and 5, it says that, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of the works we have done or the works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. And as I said, it helps us to understand when we also look at where God wants us to be and not get discouraged because we are not yet there. We should not get discouraged because it is not us that is doing the work. It is God through his son because of faith, the fact that we have taken that step of faith by grace. It is him that is doing the work in us. It is not us. So really sin that we see in our lives, it's, it's just something that produces death. Sin produces death. And if we want to keep on trusting in ourselves, that is what we are going to see. But if we want to keep on trusting what the word of God says concerning our lives that he has forgiven us, there is no condemnation. Even if you fall back, a righteous man will always stand up seven times, isn't it? Yes. So there is no need for us to stay down. We need to 
stand up. There is no need for us to stay in condemnation. There is no need for us to feel guilty or feel shame because that is what the law does. The law comes and exposes us to our sinful nature. The law doesn't save us, cannot save us either. So that is why it is important to understand that when God himself appeared to us through his son, Jesus Christ, he saved us. He saved us. It's not something that we did ourselves or what we can do or what we could have done. It is not that. We can't even add anything to our own salvation that we have received from God. We can't. Yeah? So trying to fix our lives won't help us anyway. It will not help us. Even trying to do righteous work, you know, coming to church every Sunday, praying for the sick, you know, giving a bit of money here and there, going to hospitals and pray for the sick people, going to prison, visit those that are, you know, in prison and so on. And there's nothing wrong with these righteous works. There is nothing wrong. They are profitable in our lives because God has called us for good works. We are his workmanship. He has created us for good works so that we are able to serve his people, isn't it? So there is nothing wrong with that, but all these things will not save us. We can be Bible readers. We can be, you know, people that will recite verses day and night, but if these things does not speak into our lives and bring life into our lives, then it is all in vain. What we are doing, these works cannot save us. So, all these trying that we are trying, all these, these are heavy burdens that we are carrying, you know, things that we can't even carry ourselves. We need to travel light all the time. We can't be carrying the bags that are, you know, holding us back all the time, one step and then four steps back because the, the bag is heavy. These are the things that we do when we try to live lives on our own or when we try to figure out things, trying to live life and not trusting God. That is what happens in our lives. And these are like these huge mountains that just don't disappear. They are constantly there. But because Jesus appeared to us through his own loving kindness and goodness, because of that, God had to demonstrate that love. He had to do that. While we were still in sin, he appeared. It was not like, yeah, Rita, you qualify. No, uh, Zenzi, you don't qualify, and so on. He appeared to us without us doing anything. While we were still in our own sin, while we were still doing foolish things and being disobedient and being deceived by our own ways of thinking, while we were still chasing after the kingdom of this world, God demonstrated his love through his son, Jesus Christ, whom he sent to this earth to die for us according to his own mercy. It was his initiative. It did not come from us. Amen. He gave himself to us to redeem us. People, we don't even have the ability to save ourselves, but some of us do believe we can save ourselves while we don't have the ability to save ourselves. And some of us also don't even have faith in God. 
to trust him enough for your lives. We don't have that. But what Jesus is saying to us today is, come to me all who are weary and carry, and I will carry your heavy burdens. I will carry all these things that wears you down to have faith in me that I can give you the grace that will sustain you day by day. Come, come to me. I will help you to carry these burdens. You don't need to carry them by yourself. And as I'm doing this, I will give you the rest. And this rest is grace. It is the grace of God that makes us to have so much peace and just sit down and rest in him. We were just singing the song, you know, in our quietness. It is in the quietness of the presence of God when God says, be still and know that I am God, that we can experience this rest. But if we try to do things the way we were, then obviously we will not be able to experience the grace of God in full. We will not be able to experience the rest of God in our lives in full. Even if these struggles in life and the, the, the sinful nature that constantly want to do the wrong thing, even if that is a struggle and you rest in the Lord, there is no way you will not make it. You will make it. You will make it because the word of God will sustain you. And you will believe what the word of God says because the word of God is truth. The word of God is truth. It is so undeserved, you know, the grace of God. So undeserved. The fact that he has justified us. So undeserved. He already thought of us before we were even born. So undeserved. So unmerited. No need to do anything at all. So unearned. So, so beautiful when we look at the gesture of the love of God, how he appeared to us. Amen. Amen. So the only thing that we can really do with regards to the grace of God and, 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 and really understand his faith is just for us to respond positively to it. We have no choice but to respond to it. Besides, if we now decide that, look, God, yes, I heard you. Not now. I heard you later. I'll still sort out my issues. Oh, you know what, God? This is not for me. Like my mom would say when I was sharing the word of God with her before she came to the Lord. Ha, 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 ha. You were born like that. This is not for us. Just keep your things there. And I'm like, no. Nobody was born like that. It's the grace of God. I had to take a step of faith to say to the Lord, yes, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I acknowledge, Lord, that I'm born far away from you. And I need you to be in my life. I had to take that decision. And then only did I now start experiencing God's justification. And I now had to experience that, oh yes, I am actually uh, saved by his grace. It's not out of my own doing, you know. Even if you sit here, you are not yet there, but you will be there, not yet. You will be there, and you think, oh, this thing that these people are talking about, uh -uh. I have no clue what it is all about. Okay, yes, I've heard about salvation, I've heard about repentance, 
and all of these things. Even if you sit and think about that, know that it was because of Jesus who appeared, not out of what we have done, out of his own mercy, out of the goodness and the loving kindness of God that he appeared to us that we had to be saved. Amen? So when we move on further to the last two uh, verses of Titus 3, we will realize that um, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, uh, whom he poured on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We will realize that God is such a generous God. Very, very generous. There's no one on this earth that is generous as God is. He is so kind and loving. Not only did he save us, but he washed away all our sins. He cleansed us from all our iniquities, our wicked ways. He did that. And you remember um, what I said in the beginning. He made us holy, perfect, so that we are also perfectly accepted by him. He made us blameless, and he only did this for himself, not for us, for himself, so that we can display his glory here on earth. That's why he did it. And I remember some, I think five years ago, the first time when I went to the U.S., it was in December, it was so cold. And um, I hope, I hope to really to see the, the snow. And at, it was still three days before we came back home and I, th there was no snow. And I was really praying, God, help me to see the snow because that's the thing that I came for. And now I'm going back. I'm leaving this place as dry as I came. There is no snow. And you must remember at that moment, I just wanted to see the snow. Really. I just wanted to experience it. I just wanted to touch it. I just wanted to smell it. I just wanted to... <laughs> you know how it goes when you see something for the first time. And so a day before we came, it poured and the snow was there. And I was so happy, like a little child, to see the snow. And so I went to the window. I stood there and I was looking at the snow. And I was saying, wow, it's so beautiful, so pure, so white. Pure white. I've never seen something like this. And in that moment, God reminded me of the declaration of justification that he made. The forgiveness of sins, blameless, holy, clean, washed. He reminded me of that that day. And I'm standing there, I'm like, really, Lord? And yes, but not only that, that is just white, natural eye here on earth, white. In heaven, it's gloriously beautiful. And I was like, whoa, God, I could relate immediately 
with the whiteness that I saw there. And that gave me a picture of what God did with my life by justifying me. Amen. I could relate with that immediately. And I was so happy when I left the U.S. I'm like, yes, Lord. Now I understand. I appreciate your amazing grace even better because I know how I looked like. I could remember that moment how my life, my life was. Even though I'm not yet there, I will only be there. And all of you will also only be there when Jesus will come to fetch his bride then all of us will be glorified. These lovely bodies will be changed and it will look totally different from what we are today. So God has given us his spirit. He poured his Holy Spirit upon us richly. God is not stingy. Richly, generously, above what we can imagine and even ask for. He poured his Holy Spirit, meaning that he poured himself on us. He poured himself on us. And the same Holy Spirit that he poured on us, that same Holy Spirit of God is at work in our lives. There is no condemnation when we struggle with a sinful nature. Because that is our nature. That is our nature, and the grace of God is sufficient to sustain us. But it doesn't mean that because we have the grace, the grace abounds, now we have to go and sin, and sin because of the grace of God. It doesn't mean that. That only helps us to increase the reality with Christ's mercy. What he did for us, out of his own accord, not because he was forced. Not because he thought, who oh, we are the most wonderful people doing good works. No, we did not deserve it. But yet, he looked at us and said, I am going to give myself to my people. And it is our, want to almost say, obligation to respond to that invitation that God has given through his, through his son, Jesus Christ. So we are no longer where we were, people. I don't, I don't know where you see yourself. We are no longer where we were because we are justified by faith through God's grace according to his own mercy. We are now a new creation because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. A holy people that he chose Look, out of the, the earth is so big. And there are too many people on the earth. But out of this earth, he came and chose you and me. And everyone else will respond to that call. He chose them. He chose us. Why? To be his treasured possession for himself. Not for ourselves, for himself. Because he wants to keep us, he wants to separate us from the rest of the world. These are my people that will obey and observe my word, my law. Not the law that was, but the word of God that we now have. Jesus that we now, the new covenant that we now have because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. He chose us. We are his holy people. We are not just people. We are not just Christians. 
We are a holy people, a chosen generation for a time such as this. In this present age where things look as if, Lord, you have to come now. But yet he says, you, you, better, you, you better bear fruit, guys. We need to bear fruit because we have the Holy Spirit that grow the, the fruit in us. We need to bear fruit. That is the reason why he chose us. He chose us to bear fruit. We praise God. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, God has also made us his heirs. There are a lot of benefits if you are in somebody's will. You better be quick to get to know them. Be quick, hasten, don't harden your heart. Be quick to know God, to know Jesus. Be quick to do that. God has justified us by faith through his grace and he has made us his. Our inheritance in God as his children has internal implications. It's now and forever. It doesn't and it has no stop. It has no stop. If I can only mention or give you a little bit of a glimpse of some of these beautiful blessings that we have inherited because of what Jesus did for us that has no end and that will keep us from now on until the end when Jesus is going to come for us. You know, we have, been, we have inherited all the spiritual blessings that you know, all the spiritual blessings we have inherited, everything that God gave to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the word of God says that even the things that Jesus was doing, we will do more than he was doing. We have inherited so much. And I'm talking about spiritual blessings. Now, the worldly blessings are not eternal. They are temporal. They are not eternal. Eternal. Yeah? So we, even if we inherit them, they won't last us for too long. And most of the times, guys, we say in Afrikaans, erfgut, asferfgut, or something like that. You know, you will inherit something, but it will not stay. It will be like a, a vagabond spirit, you know, that is just, <laughs> you know, it just flies. You can't even account what you have done with most of these things. Many a times when you ask these guys that inherit so much, besides if people are really learned from the beginning what an inheritance means. That's why when we inherit and we are not yet there, we are too elementary for this inheritance stuff. There are always other people who will be taking care of this trust and these inheritances that we have until we'll reach a mature age to take care of that, even what God has in, entrusted unto us. So not only have we inherited spiritual blessings, but we also know that God has chose us to make us holy and blameless. Yeah? There is no other person on this earth that will come and have that little, I don't know what you call this uh, thing that they use in the court, when they found you not guilty, cause, uh, uh, what is it, uh, court agent, whoop. what do you call that? Oh, whatever, there are no lawyers here. <laughs> Pastor Chris is not here to help us out. <laughs> yeah, so he has called us, he has chosen us also to be holy and blameless. He has made us perfect 
and we are perfectly accepted by him because he only sees Christ's righteousness in us. And he himself has declared righteousness to us and we are totally righteous in his sight. That is what it is. He has adopted us as sons and daughters. He redeemed us and paid a ransom for our lives. He forgave us and paid the debt. Our debt of sin is cancelled. People, nobody can go and find a document that is even written because they can't see. That is what Jesus has done. He has placed his mark of ownership on us. We can never be missed. Never. The only person that cannot locate us is the enemy. But God has put his mark of ownership on us. Those are the internal inheritances that we have. And as we go on, um, we need to also understand that um, in Romans 5 verse 1 to 2, it says that therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have, we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Because we are being justified, we have been justified, our hope of eternal life and how we see life on earth changes immediately. It changes, it can never be, be the same. We hope, or the hope we have is eternal, for it is based on our inheritance that will never stop. That is the hope we have. That's why the Bible says that the hope deferred makes the heart sick. When hope is deferred, when Jesus was not here, when if Jesus never appeared to us, you can just imagine what a miserable world this would have been. Hope that is deferred would have made our hearts so sick to the core. Amen? Now here on earth, we need to really live lives that are showing that we are adopted as sons and daughters of God. We need to believe in the word of God and live accordingly. We cannot be living a life that is characterized by foolishness, by disobedience, by deceit, deceiving ourselves that yes, we are okay, we can just live as we want. Yeah, the grace of God is enough, I can just keep on sinning. No, we need to really live lives that are characterized by the presence of God because that really changes everything. God is an infinite God. And because he's infinite, he is our source of life. And its power is also infinite now and forevermore. We must and shall hope. While we eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ, while we wait for him to come and fetch us, we need to have so much joy in our hearts. We need to have these waiting periods rejoicing. We cannot be feeling miserable here on earth. In this present age, the challenges are real. They are real. Some of them really have the potential to push us down. But because of what Jesus did, we will stand. And we will stand firm. Amen? Amen. And because of the hope that will never cease, because it is rooted in God's amazing grace, 
our reality is really increased by Christ's mercy. Understanding what Christ has done for us changes everything for us. Maybe some of us are sitting here or have been trying to live lives the way we wanted to or thinking, ah, okay, you know what, God, I've been trying, but I'll do this my way. Maybe you've been doing that even under the yoke of righteous works, thinking that, yes, this, by doing this, I will inherit the kingdom of God or I will see eternal life one day. Maybe you've been sitting with a thought like that. Now, Jesus himself did not even try to live for his father. He did not try to live, try to live for his father. He didn't try to do that. He recognized that the life in him was his father's life in himself. And because of that, he was living life supernaturally, but also naturally. He didn't. And if we understand that part, that because we are crucified with Jesus, we died with him, we were buried with him, we are dead to sin. Sin has no dominion over us. Satan doesn't own us. We are dead to sin. If we understand that part, we don't need to fight constantly with these struggles that we have. We can just rest in the Lord and experience his abundant grace. The secret of not trying is really Jesus because we have him. We don't need to try anything. We need to trust him. We need to trust him and have the confidence that he will sustain us and carry us because of his grace. We need to believe his word wholeheartedly. Believing what the word of God is saying concerning our identity. Because there is nothing we can do. We can't rely on our own strength, can we? No, we can't. By ourselves we can do nothing. There is nothing we can do. And even if we try to do good works, that will also not save us. So, as I said previously, the best response that we can give tonight to the Lord is for us to say yes to him. It's for us to start this journey of grace knowing that we are justified freely. We are justified. We have Jesus in us. It is for us to come to that place where we totally trust Jesus and take that step of faith and live lives that are pleasing to God because without faith, we can't even please him. Amen? Amen. Can we stand? And if there is somebody in our midst also here who is really feeling that I've been living a life that is totally, totally characterized by condemnation. 
this is the time where the invite is also out for you and me. It is out for you and me to come to the throne of grace with confidence because of the grace of God. There is no condemnation when we are in the Lord. But when we live under the supervision of the law, we will experience guilt, we will experience shame, our sinful nature will be exposed to us by the enemy in such a way that all we hear is accusations upon accusations. But God is saying today, come, I'm here, I'll carry your heavy burdens for you. I'll give you rest, I'll give you peace, peace that surpasses all understanding. I'll give you so much grace. So much grace that it will sustain you. So much grace that will empower you to say no to sin. So much grace. In abundance. More and more. Just trust me. Just trust me. Stop trying doing that on your own. Trust me. Trust me, says the Lord. And yes, there might be one or two people also here who said, I have been trying this all by myself, but I don't see life. I only see death. Because the word of God says that as much as sin is death, its wages is also death. But because we have fallen short of the glory of God because of our sinful nature and because of our sins in us, God is here. He is giving the invitation for you to respond to this invitation by faith so that you can also experience his grace and live a life that is pleasing to him. Father, we just want to thank you. We just want to honor you. We just want to give you all praise and all glory. We thank you, Father, for grace that is so sufficient, so sustaining, so empowering, we thank you, Father, that we don't need to live in sin anymore. Sin has no hold on us, oh God. We are not owned by Satan. We are owned by you. You have put a mark of ownership on us, oh God. You chose us. You made us blameless. You made us perfect. You made us holy. You forgave us, oh God. Even while we were in our sins, you still demonstrated your love by giving Jesus to die for us. And we just want to thank you for that, oh God. We just want to honor you for that because you are a great, great and a good father. 
you are a sovereign God. We thank you, Lord, that we are in you. We thank you, Lord, that you are in us. We thank you, Lord, that we will not walk by ourselves. We will not be distracted by things we see happening in our lives, O oh God, but we'll fix our eyes only on you, Father. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. We praise you. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.